We are on a mission, a mission to save and revitalize independent pharmacy. On the Catalyst Podcast, we dive into current events that are shaping how pharmacists approach their patients and their businesses. Fuel your passion for pharmacy one conversation at a time. Three, two, one, zero. Ignition. Welcome to the Catalyst Pharmacy Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Key, president of Pioneer X. Today, I'm here with Mark and Marsha. Hi, I'm Mark Bivens, Vice President of Sales with Pioneer X. Hi, I'm Marsha Bivens, Director of Marketing. Today, we are here with Mark Longley, Chief Strategy and Business Development Officer at Parada Systems. Yeah, I think the last time I got to talk to you was actually on the PDS floor. You had uh, were... You had let me know that you were getting a, a boost as far as your new role in the company and that there was a new salesman that we'd be working with. Yes, right. And our we, we hired a new head of sales and I said, you're going to love this industry. And he went to one show and he's been locked in his home ever since. Like, oh, that was your orientation. <laughs> PDS. He literally started right before PDS, went to that one show. And, oh, man. And then uh, totally, yeah, totally locked down after mm-hmm. that. Yeah, with a national sales team. You know, we weren't able to have our sales meetings and, you know. Uh, you guys know you're onboarding people. You're a growing organization. It's so hard if yeah. they can't get out there. Uh, you got to be in our industry to know that industry. And the shows are so important. Going to pharmacies is important. Mm. Um, you got to be with the customers. Now, even that, there's no more casual visits, right? Like you got to do your business and get out of there. Right. But to miss the to miss the trade shows where you get to see industry peers, competitors, but to get a vibe. You know, what's the temperature in the yeah. room in this industry and, and hear people happy and said, you got to hear that. And, you know, you can't train someone on that. Right. And right. I just, between the salespeople we've hired and some leadership, um, they've missed that, which is truly a shame. And I don't know when it's coming back to the same way it was yeah. before. Like when's the next time a healthcare association of any kind is going to put a thousand people in a building? Fingers right. crossed for October. <laughs> okay. Maybe, maybe, yeah. But like Hems is still saying they're going to be in person in August. Well, Hems is typically February, March, so they've pushed they it to August. August. August is still iffy, but I mean, my fingers are crossed for um, October with NCPA and Assembia. You see some states rolling stuff back um, slowly. So, and on the on the health system side, uh, Mark, will they even let y'all in? Will they even let a you know, they didn't initially like there's No one's even coming in. And then they have um, uh, we've got guys who've been vaccinated. It's funny. Our sales guys, you want to motivate them. Uh, they'll get vaccinated. But they um, yeah. they they have been taking meetings. Um, it took a while. It was probably May before they selectively started seeing us. And then by August, September, they started uh, having meetings with us. I mean, it'd be socially distanced, what have you. Right. But, you know, those guys, everyone's world turned upside down, but those guys had all their revenues like turned off. Right. And yet they still had to do their jobs yeah. yep. uh, in the hope that it would all work itself out. I mean, when you see start, start seeing nonprofit institutions like going bankrupt or closing like that was we haven't seen that. That's not that widespread in the health system space, but they have really picked up with Augusto. I think they can see the light okay. at the end of the tunnel. Right. And um, that's by far right now our strongest segment selling. Mm-hmm. is in the health systems because they woke up and if you look at pharmacy production environments and we're trying to streamline that COVID threw a light on the fact that most pharmacies are production centers and you look behind that counter in a busy pharmacy there's way too many people back there banging into each other trying to fill scripts right right and then you look at the health systems 
their staffing model, they, they typically were a lot heavier in the people staffing. Yeah, they are. A lot more, like, everyone's double checking, triple checking work, which is in the spirit of safety and, and efficiency, but that's way too many people. And they automate the inpatient side to the, probably to a, an extreme. Mm. And the adoption now to automate the outpatient side has ramped up. And then their effort to do some centralization right? That they're trying yeah. to take the labor out of the hospitals, out of the outpatient pharmacies, because they don't want anyone in those buildings that doesn't have to be there. Mm-hmm. So we, we've seen a significant adoption on those, that institution, unlike an independent, where you walk in the door and the owner operator is right in front of you and he can right. write you a check if he feels it's important. It takes a little bit of time, but this started around May or June and it's really, we're winning a lot of business now. Any other kind of trends? Uh, one of the things we've seen, like last year was a banner year for us. We did really, really well, but- yeah. First part of this year, new store leads are solid, but the conversion leads, stores changing are down. Everybody's just busy. Yeah, right, 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 right. Yeah, I mean, Jeff, they're sticking needles in 200 yeah. million people's arms over the next four months, right? Yeah. And it just seems like the vaccination wave three weeks ago, we're, you know, we're, we're never going to get enough doses. And now, I mean, now the, the pace has picked up. And, and luckily... The economics for pharmacies, if they have an efficient model, there's some money in them to do this. Not, it's not a killer, but it's decent money for them to do the vaccination. I just know the folks we're working with are, are busy as heck doing that. I hope they take this opportunity during the vaccinations to really not sell as much, to promote their awareness to the customers of their other services, because I can guarantee the chains are doing that. Oh. That they're loving getting that foot traffic back in, whether it's on-site or off-site, promoting their services. I hope our core customer base in the independent space is turning their marketing hats on and using this as an intervention, but also as an awareness of other stuff they can do. Yeah. No, so yeah, they're, they're very busy. We, yeah. We had a uh, um, Vicky from good day on kind of talking about that same thing. They really use this as an opportunity to put themselves in front of patients. They don't normally see. Right. Uh, yeah. I mean, think about the opportunity this industry has. They've been asking to be treated like true healthcare providers and just, uh, providing a clinical service other than just dispensing. And now they're on a stage, which I don't know there will ever be this many bright lights. Now I think it was unfair how the big guys got yeah. the vaccines for, I mean, that was okay. We'll call it some inside cooking, but um, I see a lot of our leaders taking the chance to kind of promote themselves. And I, I hope this is the beginning of a wave of a realization from the payers and other folks, this segment of our healthcare system plays a vital role, yeah. right? I mean, we need them there because the hospitals and doctor's office don't not want all those people coming in. Pharmacies can do that, right? So we'll see when we look back on it, but this is a heck of an opportunity for our industry. Yeah. A lot of people look at that, well, hey, the big guys got the vaccines first and that was dirty pool. And that, in reality, it's not. The, the problem with independent pharmacy is the pro that you just said. You know, your, your pro was I can, for pharmacy, I can walk into the one guy and get one check. Yeah. The, the problem yeah. independent pharmacy is I got to walk into 20,000 to get a signed yes. agreement. They don't have somebody to negotiate. Now, fortunately for independent pharmacy, the uh, each one of the big wholesalers and then uh, CPSN on the NCPA side were able to negotiate on the behalf of them. Yeah. It's just slower yeah. because yeah. a... Um, a CVS or Walgreens can take risk, right? They can say, yes, yes I indemnify you, yeah. this kind of yeah. stuff. Right. A CPSN, not going to indemnify the pharmacy to federal relationship. And so yeah, right. you have more stuff to negotiate. And, and yeah. um, but it was a big, NCPA played a big role in helping a lot of independents get 
the vaccine when they did. And, yeah. and so did the, uh, you know, some of the wholesalers and, and they all yeah. kind of work together, but it, it's one of those things that cl- it's clear going forward. You're going to have to have more ability. If independent's going to survive, you're going to have to have more of ability for somebody to negotiate clinical solutions on their behalf. To- totally, totally agree with you. Totally agree with you. And I mean, look, look what, I mean, uh, congratulations on the red sale combination and you guys are in how many, how many pharmacies now have, the, the suite of solutions. Is it 7,000? Like, no, it's oh. uh, upwards over eight. Close to eight, right? Yeah. Yeah. Eight. It's closer to eight. Um, between like the LTC side of the house, right? And DocuTrack yeah. and, and Pioneer and, and all of the QS1 business. But yeah, about eight, I think. 8K is last. last I mean, I that's a lot of, 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 of frontage, right? Their yep. location and data. Yeah. And, and you hope that other than best in class solutions, can can you all provide that you know between the data and some sort of a network to give them leverage to yeah. to to negotiate and just do other things to take it off their burden and let them be the uh, the clinical providers but get them some sort of leverage to you can't level the playing field but can you make it a puncher's chance yep. in some regards yeah well you have to you you have to have somebody it's not only i mean it's not just like we we're talking before it's not just leverage it's about somebody to negotiate and, and somebody them trusting to do that um, but then it's, it's also about creating a consistency, uh, a CVS or a Walgreens through software and threat of fire can, can push yeah. a consistency across, across them that they can't, um, buy the other, you know, I get upset. Sometimes I go in a restaurant and they say, Hey, we're out of romaine lettuce. I'm like, there's a grocery store across the street. Well, they don't get it from the grocery store across the street. They get it from a, a shipment because <laughs> their group yeah. controls the exact type of romaine they get and everything like that. So, so right. one of the things that we hope to do with more, and we're almost up to 5,000 pharmacy yeah. systems is to try to provide that consistency in the software and try to make things where, the pharmacist almost act, almost has to go out of their way not to fulfill the clinical goals that they have to yeah, complete. Yeah. And I then like you that. can start to kind of uh, negotiate together. Yeah. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. That's a network. I mean, that's, that's right. a, a network requires some sort of consistency and uniformity to actually have that, right? Yep. Yeah. Do you got, I've done a lot of reading um, on, you know, with this uh, – you got you got the vaccinations, but you have other services. Do do you all get involved in the billing? I've heard that the billing concept that you're, they're asking our pharmacies to do billing, and they they don't have billing software. They're not familiar with that. that's more of a, a practice management application. So you talk about clinical services, what have you? Do, do you all get involved in that, or are you being asked to do that? Uh, absolutely. You know, it's one of those things. You look back uh, three or four years ago, and a lot of people were coming to us. Some of the big guys and saying, hey, let's do, let's get medical billing in pharmacy software. But nobody was doing medical billing. So it's kind of a chicken and the egg. You can't do it right. or you don't have it. And so a lot of this and a lot of the clinical services are, are traditionally done in a clinical billing style. The problem with getting set up for medical billing is you generally have to set up a relationship between a provider who's a pharmacist, who's a pharmacist, not a pharmacy right? Yep. and the biller. And so there's a lots of these relationships you have to set up credentialing and things before you can even bill one. And so there's a huge expense with these, Hey, I'm, I'm doing five, right. Right. With, yeah. with four different people. And I had to do all this set up expense when, when only a part of what you do is, is, is medical billing. 
So they're experimenting. CPSN is working with some payers who've agreed with that and said, yeah, okay, that's too laborious. We'll take a care yeah. goal. We'll, we'll, take yeah. a, we'll take some other instrument. So I think you're probably going to find that you have three kind of billing metaphors out there. You have your traditional medical billing. You have your traditional claim-based adjudication. And you have this third guy, which is going to develop more out of a pharmacy, more of a, a care plan uh, that has a structured kind of HL7 allowing a pharmacy to bill uh, a payer uh, based okay. on relationships. So you see a lot of that okay. taking off. Um, I mean, do you think you think the pandemic is enough to, I mean, it's created awareness on billing outside of the, the traditional filling. I mean, do you think that's going to push a lot of folks over to embrace that and start flipping that revenue model from the, the traditional filling? Well, if they, if they have something that they going to make money out of that they can flip right. on this medical billing get that set yeah. up, you know, whether they're doing it through change or Omnisys or somebody like that. Once that's up, well, then the, the next thing to do with that person's easier. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I, yeah. I, I build COVID vaccines to this payer. Well, now I can bill this clinical service or I can bill diabetes or I can bill smoking sensation or, like or, yep. or something yeah. that goes to the medical bill. So I definitely, that and there's CPSN is really starting to get traction on mm -hmm. the, the medical billing side. We think with this administration, there's going to a lot of uh, mental health stuff that's going to come out where the the pharmacy can can do some of these evaluations. Uh, they see yeah. people that sometimes the pharmacies see people nobody else sees except maybe public health. That's and, true. So there's a lot of lot of very positive stuff going. Um, really uh, impressed. Uh, had the last uh, NCPA Innovations Board meeting where we talk a lot about CPSN was this month, and just okay so cool to to look at just in the last four years that five years i've been on the board just all the progress they've made and in, in clinical contracts and yeah yeah and, yeah and i would say the the folks that were really that kind of had a head start with all of this COVID stuff but the folks that are already doing a good amount of like dme or or already using that medical billing side you know they just had to kind of plug and play and those guys were kind of a, a a little bit of a had a head start than everybody else but you're right it has caused more investigations into what's it going to take to to do this on the on the on the medical side and the part b side um and they all realize oh crap my first my first time i'm billing it's the most expensive thing i'm going to do yeah that's that's it's a launch but you're this is drawing folks out from behind those counters, though, which I think is a good thing yep. on, the, on the patient engagement. Some yep. are already doing it, but um, so many of these services are outside the four walls of that pharmacy, whether it's dropping the scripts off in the parking lot, yep. right, or home delivery or the administration of vaccines. It's um, We're seeing a lot more of that, which in our world, in the automation world, freeing up all those mundane tasks behind the counter. It, it's we're, We had a great year last year, a record year. We're off to a record start this year um, across you know all the segments we serve, but those folks who want to provide those clinical services, you, you, one, you can't have 10 people behind that counter anymore. All right. Yep. So you can't the economics aren't there really to even have that. Um, so, yeah. all right, Parada Mark. So we, we were talking about having this. <laughs> That's today. true. We, we like, do have two Marks. We're going to have two and, Marks. And two yeah. Bivens. And then Marshall's like, we'll just go military style and we'll just go Longley and Bivens. I'm like, nope, we got two Bivens. <laughs> so, so we're just going to have double plays all over the place. So um, let's, let's do a little uh, Ghost of Christmas Past. So tell us, uh, let's pause and... Tell us a little bit about Mark. How did you, uh, where, did, where did you go to school? Where'd you go to college? How'd you get into what you're doing? All right. It's uh, not that exciting of a story. So I, I grew up in Ohio. I went to uh, Miami University um, down near Cincinnati. 
Um, and then post-graduation, uh, moved to Chicago, um, had some friends up there. And for 13 years, I worked for a, a manufacturing conglomerate called Bell & Howell. Old, old company used to make cameras and uh, robotic devices, not robotic, semi-robotic devices for mail processing systems. So picture machines that are 50 feet long sorting letters for the postal service, right? Um, so from day one, I was involved in highly automated, big mechanical devices, just love that stuff. Um, so were, so you, many- were you selling or were you engineering no, uh, or what no. were you doing for them? No, I didn't, I didn't do selling. <laughs> I, I, well, they wanted me in the mailroom when I first started, um, which, you know, I did some very mundane tasks, but started really on the manufacturing floor, okay. helping, helping teams build these and plan for them. And then project managing on these big, massive projects, program management contracts, uh, ran a purchasing operation for a while, did a little bit of everything, kind of the soup and nuts of how things get built. And I fell in love with the concept of building things, right? And I, I love software, but I love gadgets. Mm-hmm. I love the tech. Um, and it was just neat to be able to put hands on and one, see folks design it and build it and then service it and then see the value of these automated devices. Um, yeah, so I did a little bit of everything there. Um, Jeff, I didn't get in sales until I was like 40. Hmm. It, was a, it was a late kind of, all right, I'll try that. Um, but I tried to do as many unique jobs as possible in the early part of my career. Okay. Uh, advice from my dad, like if they ask you to do a new job. If it scares you, do it. Don't ask <laughs> about the money. Get as wide as you can because there's going to be a day when they're not going to want to train you on new skills. You got to kind of know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had a great run there. And then they put me to graduate school, uh, went to Northwestern for my MBA. Um, and then uh, after that, I jumped into mergers and acquisitions and uh, business alliances and stuff like that. And then I uh, got transferred to a division down here in North Carolina, right next to uh, Durham, the Research Triangle Park area. Yep. It's down here about two years, and uh, I bumped into a friend that said, hey, there's this startup company. They're going to make robots that go in pharmacies. And I said, that, that sounds stupid. Uh, <laughs> like, why would you do that? Uh, they said, you should just go meet those guys. I'm like, all right, I like my job. And then, you know, I'd never worked for a startup. And it was at the time when I met with Prada, it literally was, you know, like five cubicles, four desks, six guys running around, they're, they're taping a robot together. And they said, this is going to be an amazing company. Uh, and I thought they were crazy, but you get next to a startup company at that kind of phase. And that energy is just, it's, you can't train that, right? right? You can't teach it. It's electric, right? And everyone's job is do everything, right? And yeah. uh, it felt more like a family than a job. And I did it. And I I remember getting some more advice from my dad saying, there's certain times in life you can take risk and you can lose everything right now, but this is an amazing experience. Go, go do it. And that was 16, 16 and a half years ago. Um, and I joke around the office that when I started, I was the young guy, right? <laughs> Java meant coffee. Right? That's not <laughs> yeah. what it means anymore, right? I'm the young guys around design. Everything. What are you guys talking about? But, but from day one, our owners at every management meeting, they said, um, are we running this place like a startup? Even when it got bigger. Are we still running it and trying to run it like a startup? And the answer had to be yes. And yes, we've gotten bigger, but we're trying to always have that act like we're still a startup, which means a sort of relentless passion for the customer. Whatever we have now, let's make it better. Um, let's always plan on growth because when you're growing, that creates more opportunities for the people in your family, right? More opportunities to grow and take new jobs. It's vibrant. It's painful. It's uncomfortable at times, but it's it's what keeps an organization alive. So it's. I, I wish we could meeting in person. We bring folks in to visit Parada. It's just an amazing atmosphere and we welcome folks in, but they can feel that energy. And, you know, you've got the old codgers like me have been around a while, but we've got enough of the young folks 
that when I say, trust me, I know the answer, they say, well, have you thought about this? No, it's, it's, it's a different approach. And I think you need that balance in organization. So it's been a great run. It's been a great run. My family, the kids still giggle at me about it's Sunday night and I'm smiling. Yeah, dad's going to work in the office again Monday. Look how happy he is. I just, it's just a great place. So how old are your kids? Uh, they're all, one just got out of college. Another one's a senior. Another one is a sophomore. Spent a lot of quality time here during a pandemic. So nice. a couple of them have gone back to school, which is good because they were getting expensive being here. But uh, <laughs> it was a great family bonding, but it was time for them to, to go. <laughs> it is. I, I, ours are going back. Um, they've been remote right learning this whole time. They're right after spring break. Okay. Yeah, they've been remote learning okay. for a year now. Yeah. A year. Yeah. Okay. And, and where are they at? We've got one in high school and one going into junior high. There you go. Okay. So, Enjoy the run. Or they call it middle school now. Yeah, they call, call it middle. Junior. They don't call <laughs> it junior <laughs> high. So, yeah. Very good. That's a great, it's a great time. It's a great yeah. time. They actually still respect you then. So enjoy that. <laughs> not sure. I, probably is it, Marcia. Is that they true? respect Marsha. <laughs> Me, on the <laughs> other hand, true. I'm probably just the third child. So <laughs> Pretty much. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, that's what I tell people is I've, I've actually got three children. Yeah, everyone. Yeah, nice. even my own kids. Are like, so, so who's your sidekick there on your left? Looks like some little like like R two D two or like something. Shameless plug. Shameless plug. I love it. I, I like I like that my ro- if I can't be in the office, I'll have a robot next to me. I got you. Uh, <laughs> Which one is that? Is that a Max? Yeah, this is the Max vial filling robot. Yep. In the early days, um, as we were getting our first generations, the first set of them built up, we were, we we're trying to sell it to customers and like, all right, where's the next unit? Yeah, it's not built yet. Yeah. Uh, can you make me a, what am I going to show them? Like, we'll give them a cut sheet. I'm not going to give them a cut sheet on a robot that's six feet long and six feet high. So we made about 20 of these models and actually would give them to our sales team to show folks like this is what's coming. And, um, you know, you can kind of see it and get a feel for it. So it's my little reminder of what it used to be. Marsha and I visited you and we didn't leave with you a model. You didn't leave no, with a model? Get- <laughs> Uh, they, they turned out they're a little bit more expensive to make than we thought. So, is there a model like that for the new product that y'all announced in October, the APT2 Duo? The, the No, not yet. Um, that is still in its, what's released now. We have not made a model for that one. It's funny, we, we made those and I loved them. Um, and then they told me making models is too expensive. So they forced me to go back to the cut sheets. <laughs> they're like, no, okay. you're, you're giving out paper. <laughs> yeah, like, no, you're going back to paper, Mark. And you can Sounds do like their kids are expensive too. Yeah, <laughs> they are. What our big thing now has been, we had some video demonstration capabilities pre-COVID. Um but we were so used to having folks come to us at either trade shows. And this is capital equipment. You got, they got, yeah, people want to put their hands on it. Yeah, right? They, they want to touch it. Yeah. And we have um, converted our showrooms to video production rooms. Hmm. So uh, we'll do live demos for a single pharmacy, nice. uh, for a group of three or four of them, uh, for a buying group, whatever. And, and we have a full-time person. That's, that's all he does is he's in our showroom giving demos probably three days a week. And the other two days he's getting ready for them. And that has really helped folks kind of see it. Uh, because think about it, in, in the independent world, they either see it at the show or you would tell them, go visit Jim's pharmacy and go see our yeah, unit. Go, well, yeah. They're so busy now and they don't want strange people. I mean, even if they're friends, they don't want more traffic coming to pharmacy. Right. So it, it's just, it's been hard, but the video education has been more, well, it's good for the owner operator. As you know, at most trade shows, they don't bring their entire staff. They'll bring some lead personnel, but you can do a video demo. Like we can put your whole staff yeah. on the camera. They can see us and we'll give you an hour to fire any question you want. Um, and that's great. Even after they buy, we do demonstrations because you don't want the first time to see a robot. If you're, a, if you're the lead tech, 
is when that thing rolls in the door. Yeah. Like, huh? I didn't agree to this. Yeah. Right. right. Okay. Let's, Get some mutiny on your hands. Right. Yeah. Yep. So what does somebody have to do to see a demo? Do you have demos on the website or you sign up yeah, at the we've website? Got, we've got some, we've got recorded, uh, you know, like two minute demos of most products on the website. And we just did a website relaunch last week. It's, 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 it's wonderful. It's uh, much more video and picture intense, which is what people want to see. It's better organized and shows kind of all the different platforms and service, the different segments, long-term care, retail, what have you. Um, and then, uh, you can always say, I'd request a, a video demonstration. You can fill a form online. They'll typically go to the sales team. They'll reach out, just ask some general questions. And then what do we want to see and what are you interested in? Because uh, the last thing we want to do is show you a product and it turns out that's really not what you thought it would do. Um, but then, yeah, within three days, four days, we can get a live video demonstration of any product you want to see. So, so is that like, um, and I'm just trying to think of the experience, how you, how do you provide, how do you conduct an experience like that is that a lot of is that some moving cameras and stuff what is that we've got like three cameras in the uh we call it our business center which has okay. all of our right yeah. i was we've about to ask yeah we've got two vision centers we've got one in down here in durham which is our headquarters which is also we do most of our manufacturing and then we've got another one up in wisconsin um so that has a lot of the uh, atps and a lot of long-term care stuff up there so we've got two teams mm -hmm. and once you make the request uh, we like to group them as if we can get them on a common day that'd be great we like to make sure we understand exactly what we want to see. And then we've got to ask a lot of questions like, what is the problem you want to solve? You know, what's your pharmacy system? It better be Pioneer. Uh, how about vials? What are you thinking? What kind of volumes? Great. Because if it's a deeper technical dive, we'll not only have someone who can give a demonstration, but we'll have a product manager or a software interface person on there. So we can really maximize the time we have the one on, on the uh, video. But it's headgears on. We're in front of a robot. Uh, there's a camera about 10 feet away. We're hitting buttons. We can flash to the screen on the device so they can see kind of what's happening on the software and that they, you know, we can circle the whole device. So it's, it's, it's a deep dive and it never ends on time because everyone's got more questions <laughs> right. and it keeps going. What we'll offer is we'll record it for them so that if their staff can attend it. We'll send them a link and let, let the rest of your team see the video we just recorded for you. Um, and we just give it to them because a lot of those questions are specific to their business. We don't share that, sure. but yeah. the folks want to see it again, right? I wonder if that That's would be really fun to do some demos like that with Pioneer where you I, can kind of go to the different stations and I think it could be cool. It, it's a, it's a pretty, yeah, you'd have to have a camera crew, I feel like. And I think it could be really cool. Yeah. Though. It's um, fun. I, I know pre COVID, I think we did it pre COVID. We started having our yeah. the people doing the demos turn on their cameras. Yep. Where yep. you could actually see and talk to them. Yeah. We we feel cutting edge now. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Um, yeah. But I think the cameras being able to see somebody has helped with that. Uh, I, I know now I get irritated when people's cameras on and I'm like, hey, is your, your camera's not your broke is that broke? I uh, know. Uh, we 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 try to make this for as many meetings as possible. Try to respect privacy, but um this is engagement. Right? right. You're reading my body language, I'm reading yours, I'm yeah. seeing Marsha and Mark, and this is great. If it's just a phone call. I don't know. Did Jeff use the restroom? He's not talking in a few minutes. He's even paying attention. Right. Is he doing email? Yeah. What's going on? Yeah, you're just trying to uh, like look for some like form of feedback, you know, when, yeah. you're, when you're doing that. So with this new model that you've done for sales, are y'all using it for any kind of video training to send to the pharmacy afterwards to say, share this with your staff in preparation to try to avoid that mutiny? Yeah, we do. We have some of that uh, LMS content. So once someone signs for something, we can push them out LMS modules. So the learning management, like, all right, you're going to get a, a pouch packager. Okay, great. Um, here's access to your team of the four pre-installation uh, um, videos you want to watch on what's going to happen when it shows up. What does that day look like? And here's some key operational elements to use the device. We don't try to... Uh, um, deprecate what's going to be very impactful, which is when you're on the device. You can only do so much with that electromechanical stuff unless you're touching the buttons and gears. Mm -hmm. But what we, we, we try to do is let's reduce the anxiety. 
right? This is, this is not a monster. It's approachable. It's easy. You're not going to break it. Right. Here's generally what it does, but really get ready for this week, which is very busy. The install week is you're moving stuff around. You're getting inventory, you're training people. Just trying to set that tone. That's, so that's, that's kind of is. interesting because for me, I would like to, personally, I would like to look at some of that, some of the uh, training videos. Um, because I think that would be real. We have the same type of thing. We have Pioneer University. So when um, they, they get Pioneer before they install it, we encourage them to watch that. I think adding Parada to that. So if somebody already has Parada and they're getting Pioneer, then, hey, learn about how Parada is going to work with Pioneer in the training stuff. Yeah. I think that'd be yeah. awesome. Yeah, or vice versa. All right, so I know I said I want to make it a product video, but I'm really curious about the duo. Can you, so can you tell us a little bit about it? <laughs> I love sure. the new, that's the newest one. Yeah, that's one, the new one. Right? Or the, yeah, the, that's, the that, blister that's, that's with the, the pouch, one, yeah. is that right? Yeah, so here's the big value add. So, you know, we, we're the number one promoters of adherence pack. We want, you know, adherence is the right thing to do. Medication compliance is the right thing to do. And while pouch kind of led the way, almost all pharmacies start out with blister packs because you can do that by hand, Right. And everyone does a little bit. Now, it's a manual task. So what happens is you typically get north of 50 or to 100 patients. Then it's, it's overwhelming. It's just too much work, right? You got people printing cards. You got pharmacists checking them. It's a manual process. Well, we had a solution for the for pouch, which is best in class, big, small machines, all you want. But they want to do blister and like to buy a whole nother dedicated machine for what might be just a niche. Maybe it's 100 or 200 patients. Some folks struggle with that. And then even if they did do it, like, okay, so just so I'm clear, I got to put inventory in two different machines or different formats. So the premise of the duo was use that same core ATP pouch packaging chassis with the same inventory. And then instead of the pouch engine, which is at the bottom, which is where the pills go in the pouch and get printed, you can pull that chassis out. There's a drop chamber and a little robotic device in the middle now where you, you engage the blister counting. And literally it holds blister cards. And now the same device and the same inventory is just dropping into blister cards, about a card a minute. That card then moves left, exits the system to a manual sealing station, raises it up to a desk. So it's kind of a production environment, right? So we're printing out all the paperwork, printing out the the seal. Uh, There's a little station where you kind of manually apply it. But that takes that same workflow and just says, if you're going to do your blister patients, do your 40 blister patients with this machine. Just pick some time to do that. Because most packaging is... It's in a, it's pre-done before the patients walk in on pouch. It's very rare that you want to wait till Jeff walks in. Right. I know you're coming. The whole spirit of adherence packaging is I'm driving your medication pickup and regimen. I know what you're taking. So you're not going to surprise me. You come in, I'm running it in advance. Same thing with blister. So I tell you, it's a great speech that both Joe Moose and Bob Lonek will say, I manage my patients now. I manage my production environment versus being a, as you will service. What, the, what does the duo now is run your pouches, now run your blisters. And it literally is a, is a two-minute changeover to pull out the one engine. There's a great video on the website that shows just how simple that process is. We just launched that maybe four months ago. It's now, we call it GA, which means engineers don't need to go to the install. It's, it's, it's ready to go. So uh, it's an exciting new product. And, and it's out there? I mean, somebody's yeah, using it today? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's almost double digit installs. We're at some, some big places in long-term care. And now we're getting into some of the retail combo shops. As right. we all know, the lines of pharmacy, it's so hard. They're all blurring. Yeah. Everyone's doing yep. a little bit of everything. Right? 
I mean, we have dedicated long-term care teams and retail teams. I got both guys walking the same business. What are you doing here? What are you doing here? Oh, <laughs> right. He does both, right? Yeah. And that, that's true because some homes will take the, the pouch packaging, but some of them still really want the blister packs. And, and the blister pack in that machine is multi-dose or single? No, it's all multi-dose. It's multi-dose. multi-dose. Okay. Yep, multi-dose. So it's really, it fits better in that retail shop where, you know, you're going to have a certain subset of patients that just want that blister card. And there's benefits of both modalities, but the right answer is what does the patient want? Right. What's he going to stick with and what's he going to use? That's the answer. Huh. Is right. one easier to open? Like, like for a retail patient would the, would the, the blister pack? Um, easier to so open the, than the pouch? The blister pack is better for folks. I mean, pushing them out with your thumb, it's not that hard. Some folks struggle with, if you have the pouch, you got to have both hands and tear it open, right? So if you got really shaky hands, it might be easier to push the thumb to push pills out. Some folks like the ability of tearing off pouches and sticking them in your purse and your wallet, and then yep. they're so small that no one sees or hears it. It's convenient. But then with blisters, some folks like to see all their pills for the month or the week. They like to see them, yeah. right? And it's a visual cue on where I'm at. Mm-hmm. And you can get there on pouches because it says what day and time you should be on. But some folks like that visual looking of, even the caregivers, I like to see where mom and dad's at. And I can look at their card real quick. Good. They're on Tuesday. We're good yeah, to go. Yeah, it's a quick glance to make sure you're quick, kind of, yeah, yeah on track. It's been the standard of care for how many years, right? So like, like we said, the right answer is what do they want? What's some of the trends you're seeing in the community setting? Is it like what we're seeing just from what I see? Um, a lot of, there's a trend to start pooling some resources, um, especially among your multi-site owners. Centralization. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that used to be a, that used to think that was a, a mo, an operating process that was just for the big guys. And, right. and, and back in the day it did when software uh, was site specific and it required millions and millions of dollars of investment. But no, we have several of our multi-store owners who are saying, I'm going to make one store my center of excellence for production. Mm. Right. And, and I can have a low cost environment. And I already have a couple robots, couple pouch packagers. I'm just going to move them here. And now we have software that will let the three or four units kind of work in concert with e- with each other, really? right? So instead of yeah, I it's know. a software we call Pivot. And essentially, let's say Pioneer's operating system. You send across the job, and let's say I have two pouch packages or three vial filling robots. The job will land there, and the software will look at the devices and say the best device to send this job to or this script because of wait times or what inventories. That's machine one. All right, we're going to send it over there. Uh, hey, if you want to move inventory between the machines because they're smart canisters in the valve, go ahead and move them between. For pouch packagers, it would say, hey, this job came across my two machines. The best machine is machine A. Let's, and let's move a couple of canisters over so we never have to stop that device. But it, it takes the – it's air traffic control, Jeff, for the devices right? versus just sending it across a job. And I hope it's the right device and I hope it's ready. That, that's the wrong way of kind of looking at it. Is that pretty so new it, software? It came in about three years ago, but it's evolved into it's a really easy, steady platform to put in, um, and it's not a big lift for the team. It's really a it's um it's a central database that sits in front of the other devices, so you get a monitor screen. And most of it is after the first month, eh, week, it's got algorithms that automatically makes a decision. So you're not sitting there moving job by job, right, but okay. establishes the rules on okay, I'm always going to go this device if it has this. I'm going to pause if it has this. I can I can pull work back. From that, no, by the way, instead of going to four devices to see what's inventory is in there now or what inventory has moved through those devices, it's one dashboard and one database that shows what's in all your automation. 
I promised I wouldn't do any shameless plugs, but what? she kind of led me into that. No, one no, time. no. no yeah. I, I'm I sorry. I was just curious. I was just trying to think through the workload. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I was just thinking through the workload balancing. It's kind of, it's really cool. Um, yeah, it's really an optimization thing, right, for those automation assets so that they're all working as efficient as possible, which goes to that whole centralization thing. Yeah. One of the uh, challenges that some of our guys are doing that aren't really central that are just sharing a machine is just the challenge with the getting purchasing their opioids yeah. that all the opioids yeah. are coming into one place and, and figuring out how to do that. Yeah. And that's, that's your guys world more than us. We like to be kind of be told yep. what to do. Yeah. Right? And it's just that whole licensing and who owns what and who's overseeing that it, it does get complicated in a multi ownership environment. I yeah. Guess. We're having to set up where the, the satellites order with a ship to, Right. So it yeah. has to be their stock at the at that store on the opioids, or at least a replenishment. And do they have to segregate it physically on site to know that's A's, B's, and C's? They haven't been. I haven't yet. Um, uh, or a kind of a replenishment, like a 340B model. Yeah, I was going to say like a 340B. Right, use it, I, I use it out of my stock, and you replenish me right. out of your yeah. stock. And, yeah, and yeah. so that I think that's that's been working. But uh, Yeah, the wholesaler technology and their reporting requirements just isn't there yet to completely just – turn it over to the just everybody's out of a shared inventory you don't need a bill to ship to it's not quite there yeah. yet um for okay. them to, to kind of go one inventory can i ask you mark like what, what are uh you asked you said centralization what are what's your user base pushing you guys to do what, what, um yeah jeff chime in um a little bit of yes satellite to like remote work for um some centralization, right? Centralization of processes, things like that. And so we're seeing some folks want to try to get to single pharmacist coverage as much as they can on site and, and free up that pharmacist time if they can with dispensing out of a central environment. Um, yeah. and, 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 you know, those are your bigger independent pharmacies that either have a couple of stores that are pretty high volume or, you know, 10 plus, yeah, and things like yeah, that. Yeah, so that's yeah. one aspect that we're kind of getting pushed and coaxed into is, is that. And then, then, you know, so that we haven't done yet, but the workload balancing around some of that stuff is, is what we're seeing. Yeah. Today, like today, the, how do I enter in a thousand <laughs> vaccinations yeah. Yeah. without yeah. staying up till one o'clock in the morning every night? Yeah. yeah. That's, yeah. yeah so, that's what Jeff and Josh yeah, and so, all them have been working yeah, so on that, a lot. That's today's drama. Yep. Uh, you still a lot of stuff around patient engagement. Mm -hmm. around yeah. getting closer to the patient, uh, continue the fighting the DRR fees with, with trying to improve adherence and yeah, yeah. reducing abandonment. So DIR fees, that's, that's a four letter word. Can you take me, I mean, that's the number one thing we hear. And, and we're, I don't think that industry is tone deaf yet. And we're hoping we're turning the corner with some recent legislation and, you know, Supreme court would have you, that's going to take a while at the state level, but do you guys provide them, tools on board that helps them know kind of where they stand and how the best way to avoid those or is that evolving yeah so you can enter in the dir fee structure by payer in the pharmacy today an automated way to do that does not exist with um anybody but there's a there's a few folks out there that that literally have little side hustles that do this kind of stuff um, yeah. benjamin jolly one of them but um yeah, so we have those tools so that they can kind of see up front, hey, this is what we project based on the data you've entered, um, what your DRI fee hit is going to be, whether it's GER, BER, alphabet soup kind of thing. So yeah, that, yeah, that yeah. exists. Yeah. It is up to the pharmacist to 
or, or someone to put someone in charge and, and make sure those are correct. The nice thing is once you do them once in a year, you're, you're probably not having to go back and do it, but till next year. Um, so yeah. it's not a, it's not a thing that you have to usually constantly, constantly monitor and change. Yeah. But in the end though, it's about most of the DRF is about adherence and you need yeah. to be in the top yeah. 25%. And so, yeah. which is a good reason you don't have 20,000 pharmacies on Pioneer X because somebody's got to be better than somebody else on adherence because yeah. it's all a sliding scale. Yeah. It's not, Hey, here you are. It's the top 25%. Yeah. It's going to get the bottom 25%. It's going to get their money taken and the top 25% is going to get their money, you know, a lot of their money back. And so yeah. it's, it's all your tools to reduce abandonment mm. and to increase adherence. And a lot of that's med sync. Yeah. And, and yeah. monitoring all those therapeutic classes that matter. Right. And, yeah. and med sync yeah. and, and, and all of that. So we try to put all that in front of them for sure. Yep. What about, um, what about remote work? Do you guys enable any kind of remote, uh, you know, working from home on the system into the pharmacy for, yeah, uh, as know, long the as they can VPN. Yeah. As long as they can VPN then they're, okay. they're good. Um, and they're fine. You know, so we, we've had a lot of people do that. Um, in the health system world too, that I saw like literally a place, like you said, is usually fairly staff thick, right? Very staff yeah. heavy. They had 20 people yeah. in their pharmacy and only three of, they moved to only three of them being on site. And there were other 17 yeah. remoted in. Yeah, we've yeah. been asked to do a lot of that remote access so that they can, let, let's take our verification tools to look at the finished scripts instead of having to be in front of it. Or right. They can get uh, into the network and it's a nice user-friendly application. Let them do that, then that's great. That's the uh, the pearl is the verification, yeah. right? That's right. So do yeah, you have people using Yeah, I remember that was one of the things that we liked about it was that the software enabled you to do a verification yeah. Yeah. So many of our, our, our independent clients, they'll, because it's a batch process, producing pouches, produce the pouches, right. you run them through, you may need another hour or so to get your packaging ready. They can have someone offsite, maybe a part-time staff member get on right. there and start reviewing all those batches and reviewing all those pouches. Um, so you don't have to be physically in the store, but that workflow just keeps moving. Mm. Right. So that, that, that was a nice thing to have before. It's been a great thing to have yep. this last 12 months. Oh, no. right. So also during COVID, um, I mean, we've all had to try to evolve for our independent pharmacies, but what did Parada do? There was a relief pack. Yeah, uh, I yeah. Heard. So thanks for thanks for asking it. Yeah. So we um, we quickly uh, after we you know got our bearings right that month of March is kind of crazy. We came out with the um, uh, uh, pharmacy employee relief fund. Um, so our owner Fraser Healthcare and a couple of our sponsors put together about a quarter million dollars and. Um, we put out some forms for grants and mostly it was mostly technicians and so many stores technicians got either sick or um, for a variety of reasons they couldn't go in. Maybe they're caring for somebody, mm -hmm. right? Or kids. I mean, this, the, the collateral damage on who could work, whether they were sick or not, was just unbelievable. Uh, and people needed some paychecks. And, and so we got that fund up and going and uh, I, I wish we had more money because it, it was, it was, pretty much exhausted within about three months of people applying. So wow. we get their application, confirm employment, and then get them a check a lot faster than the stimulus stuff is happening. But that happened pretty quick. Uh, we were proud to do that. Very proud to do that. Nice. That's amazing. Uh, just wish it could have helped more people, but it was, it was a good thing. It was a good thing. And while we're talking about doing the right thing, I do want to mention, you know, we have coming up, and I, I know you guys are attendees almost every year, is the Next Generation Pharmacist Awards. Okay. The annual, annual celebration. That's in October, but applications end uh, the end of April and in all the years of pharmacy and what next generation pharmacist, the awards is, um, you, you'll, there's several categories. I think there's eight categories of whether entrepreneur pharmacy tech, uh, innovative pharmacy, community leaders, even technicians, there's a variety of awards. 
And usually folks have some good candidates that can think about people who've done great things and they go fill out the application. It may take you 20 minutes to think about someone who's really done a great job. But this year of all years, you think of how many people have done just amazing stuff. We've had a, had a, a good outpouring of that, but we're really kind of reminding folks, hey, this is the time when our industry gets, those leaders really get celebrated. It's an amazing celebration and recognition. And, and I, I want more and more applications out there. So are you saying that you've had, have you had about the same amount of applications or have you had less applications this year? Uh, same amount. It's picking up now. It's definitely picking up now. But the challenges, as you mentioned, everyone's so busy. Right. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and, and, and people have done some heroic things this year. Not that they haven't always been amazing providers, but I mean, the stories you hear today and with these communities, especially these small business owners that are in many areas, and you guys know it, they're essential to that town. Well, they've yeah. done some great things. Um, so we're hoping that people take the time to fill out those applications and make sure that the independent uh, constituents to that awards, because it's open to all segments, mm-hmm. they need to be recognized for really doing this on their own and, and, and helping their communities. Yeah. And in some, and in some places they were the only stop for a test, only stop yeah. for a vaccine, you know, their That's, entire community relied on them and is currently relying on them. Yeah. It makes you wonder if, if this will increase people's confidence, you, you know, like if you take a kid and you tell them they're smart and they'll try harder, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, so you wonder yeah. finally some good news of, Hey guys, we need you for these COVID vaccines and we need you for these COVID tests and, you know, people waking up and going, Oh wow. Hey, I'm needed. And and thinking more guys who guys were kind of on their way to the finish line, you know, well, I'm retiring four or five years. I don't want to think about clinical or I'm not going to think about CPS or that kind of stuff. And, and, um, you know, I'm not going to do pouch packaging. You know, now their mentality's thinking because somebody told them they were pretty, right? Yeah. I right. did something I did something right. Works on me. Uh, <laughs> we, went, we went from smart to pretty. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Works on me. Nobody ever tells me I'm pretty. I'm getting but a couple of uh, no, head no, no, shakes. No. But, but, no, but you know what I mean. You, 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 you give somebody, if something works out, sometimes it makes you work harder. You know, it, well, somebody who's just so beaten down, it, sometimes it's just hard. It's that winner's mm-hmm. mentality kind of right. that, that piece. And honestly, even at a local level, you would hope this gives people more I guess more of a realization that they need to reach out. Like we've always heard other people say, but like they're know their public health department, not be scared to go walk in the door and, and introduce themselves and about what they can do for their public health department. Yep. Um, that's something local and regional that they can have an immediate impact in. Yeah. So I think, the nomination process for the awards, yeah. what is yes. that like? You said 20 minutes. Uh, yeah. So that's, so it's all online. If you go to nextgenerationpharmacist.com, Right. It'll explain the wards. It'll explain all the categories. And you literally choose a category and you'll name the person where they work um, and then give a background on why you believe for that particular category, which is a background explanation, why you believe that uh, Jim was the true innovator, a technology innovator in pharmacy because he did this. Or while Sarah was the was a community leader um, in pharmacy because she did this. And there's past winners up there, an explanation of what they've done. And um, it's just, you know, there are a few times our industry truly gets put on the front, you know, gets mm-hmm. that recognition and people get celebrated for what they are. And, um, like I said, this is an amazing opportunity for the entire industry to, to, to fulfill their, at the highest part of their license. Right. We always talk mm-hmm. about that. Well, now this is a, this celebration, which is, you know, in its 13th year, I believe 12th year, it's an amazing kind of a formal celebration of the people that we support. There are customers every day. And until you hear the stories, I mean, I go to this celebration every year and I mean, I, 
Now I cry easy, especially on cowboy movies or World War II movies. <laughs> but man, movies. <laughs> this, every year this thing gets me going. Like I can't believe I'm crying at this again. It's just, it's a really neat thing. It's huh. a really neat thing. So I would encourage you, and we can talk later about maybe how you guys can promote it. I, I think you've been at the event a few times, but just, I mean, so many of your customers, those are innovators. Those are people growing. Uh, they should be on there. And many of them are pioneer users. So it's a great celebration. Nice. My kids made me like cry more. <laughs> Sorry. <It's just> <laughs> Not to get like too, too weird, but I was like, once I had kids, I'm like crying to Winnie the Pooh. I'm like, what am I doing? <laughs> I'm like, what am I doing? I used to never. Hey, let, let's be fair. Sorry. Disney's, Disney, they get Well, they really kill someone sad. every movie. Yes. Anyway. Yeah. It's like, why? <laughs> that person was awesome. They know how to draw you in. They know how to draw you mm-hmm. in. So no, I, I hear, I hear you. We get a ton of those great testimonials too um, about what they've done. So now we know where to go. So what's next? Um, so our big conquest these days, uh, we're very busy. Uh, you guys have uh, pioneers and growing. We can see out there growing. We are too. We had a record year last year. We actually expanded our facility um, in Durham. The main headquarters is 100,000 feet. We had 30,000 more feet on for more manufacturing capacity. Uh, that was like done March 15th. Perfect. Just great, great time to expand the office. Right? <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm kidding. But uh, business now everybody stay home. <laughs> yeah. And we have the manufacturing still there, but most of the office folks are home. But our focus has been, well, we have best in class hardware and, and, and that's great because the move towards automation about streamlining your operation. I, I think the last 10 years, I mean, it was a really nice to have getting close to a must have. We're in the must have place. Right. Between what, what folks are getting reimbursed to fill prescriptions, you've got to have automation in some regard. It, it cannot be a manual operation. So we're in a nice kind of renaissance of automation. But our focus, Jeff, has shifted to software and data. Okay. Folks just don't want a robot. They want to know what exactly what is my robot doing? How efficient was that robot? What could I have done between drugs or staffing levels or runtime to make it even more efficient to give me more return on that investment? Um, the word return on investment selling an independent pharmacy five years ago. I never said that. No one asked. It right. was it was a quality of life. Yeah. It was the right thing to do. Made yeah. them feel safe. And it was, it was a great thing to do. But now it's, how is that going to pencil? Because this is this is not just free cash flow flying out the door anymore, right? right? Right. So let's give them software to one, monitor their assets, see what it's doing, but also make sure they feel good about that ROI. And as we talk about multi-store owners, one store is one thing, but you own three or four stores and robots and packagers. You need to know what's what's happening with those mm-hmm. devices. Mm-hmm. Right? Are they being used? And, yeah. Yep. Right. Right. And 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 then software updates. I think you guys are the gold standard in in how you update software, and that's not these monolithic jams that re, that change everything, and require people on site. It's being nimble and giving them the features they want as they're requested. We're moving all our platforms to. Uh, this IOT base so we can do micro updates as yep. new features and, and requests get submitted. And so that when we want to do updates, you know, we're not sending people on site because people don't have the time to give us to get on a device for four or eight hours. That yeah. thing needs to be running all the time. Right. Right. So um, anyways, that that's our focus is data and connectivity. So I did, I, I got another good question for you. Um, and it's probably good for marking the sales process too. So of pharmacies, that are thinking about getting a Parada Pass or the Duo, what is the recommended count for MedSync patients? So I'm going to go with the default answer, which is it depends. Um, <laughs> How long is a piece of string? 
Where we see where we see folks, we were talking about like blister cards and mainly filling compliance packaging. Where we see is once you get north of about 100 patients, the manual process is a little overwhelming. It's just too many patients to to manage and then to physically pack, right? On a sink population, you probably like about three times that or four times that, that you have them sink because not everyone is ideal for right. compliance packaging. I love to say everyone needs it, but you know, you got to have a pretty stable regimen, right? We need to know what you're getting on. Um, and, and we all know the hardest thing to change is behaviors, right? And to move some new packaging format, even though it makes all the sense in the world, they may be accustomed to a certain format and that may be the bottles right, or the vials or their pill planners. And that's not wrong. We think it's a better way to go to the packaging. The key is get them synced, get the pharmacy that's now, we talked earlier, it knows what you're on, it knows to keep you on them, and it's got a cadence of when you're coming in, right? And then if you can get them on the packaging, you got to target a certain subset that makes sense for you to do that and that they embrace it, right? And what we see is the most valuable patients at a pharmacy, I call them the Cadillac customers, so north of six to 10 meds, if you get them on the compliance packaging, they very rarely ever leave you, right? And, and the loyalty-based independence has always been high. But mm-hmm. if you think about compliance packaging, it's really a concierge service, yeah. right? You're right. taking care of something for them. And to have someone who's uh, on 10 meds, um, maybe has shaky hands, poor vision, and that pharmacy fills out 10 vials and spends all that effort and time getting the right pill, the right dose, in the right bottle for the right patient, and then sends that seven-year-old home to be the quality control officer to sort their pills, does that make any sense? It just it it's kind of a crazy process. So by getting them on the packaging, you've t- taken that work that Sunday remind ourselves we're sick at night sorting their pills, taking that away. But but like we said, not everyone wants to do that, and that's fine. But our, our method three to four x, uh, so that three to four hundred maybe on the sink, then that's a great basis from which to convert probably about twenty to twenty five percent on the packaging. Are you familiar with Medwise? Heard of them? So. Um... It, it's prescribed wellness product, but it, it really the basis, the science of around it is you may be on the right drugs, but you're taking them at the wrong time of the day. So, okay. so this is a twice a day drug, but if you're taking it at the same time as this other twice a day drug, that drugs kind of compete for slots. Yeah. And, and so you might need to take this drug at eight and this drug at 10. Right. Because right, right, right. of how they're metabolized, even though it's twice yeah. a day. And yeah, so yeah, yeah. there's a bunch of science and they're putting some software behind it and this analysis and, and, and really changing people, uh, people who are walking around comatose and, and really yeah. changing people who are on too many drugs and stuff like that. And you think about things like, like a daily planner, you, like a pill, you know, the, the little yeah, things you yeah, get yeah. at the, yeah. the store, not going to do that. It's got two morning and night. Yeah, that's it. You're right. But, You're but right. somebody who needs that more regimented, I have to spread that stuff out more than yeah. the the package or something like that would be ideal. Yes, yeah, it's, it's net. That's a different value add than say a, a preset blister card where the pouch we can give you as many administer attempts Correct. as you want. Yeah, right. day. We can even yeah. have a pouch that says, "Hey, don't forget that inhaler." Right? We did make sure you take a hit of that. Right? The stuff that oh, can't be packaged. Yeah. Oh, write it on the package. Yeah, yeah. We call those reminder bags. So that's huh. the non-package medication. Or you could say, you know, after day seven, hey, don't forget to call in if anything's changed in your regiment. Right? And it's just a. A, a two-inch pouch that you can print wherever you want on it, a reminder, a message, something. But huh. most folks use it for the non-packaged meds that right. say, hey, hey, go get the stuff out of the fridge. Go take that uh, uh, liquid or something like sense, that. Yeah, actually. no, that's yeah. really cool. That's really cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's a nice value add. So, um, cool. But but the pouch packaging, has, has it's, it's uh, compliance packaging itself um, slowed down a little bit 
during COVID because people, you saw the hoarding in the first couple of months. Everyone's right. now panicking. Get 90 days supply. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Right. We're filling vials and um, that slowed probably the first six months. That's picked back up as folks have said, okay, now that I've got a bearing on what our new world is, albeit altered from before, getting back to let's locking down those key patients, let's recruit other patients. And and then now these other programs, which I'm dying to ask some questions about drive-through and home delivery and how many services are being delivered outside the four walls of the pharmacy, which are forcing the pharmacies to go go look for customers or treat them in or care for them and service them in a way that they weren't doing be- before. So that was going to be my question back to you. What, have you guys been pulled into that delivery or, or alternate drop-off or, I mean, all that stuff about giving meds outside of folks coming into the store? We've got a add an add-on application that is for delivery and we've act, there's been a higher adoption rate with that. But um, the surprising is what you just said that you've seen a slowdown when we've talked to a couple of pharmacists who are doing immunity packs yeah. with their Parada yeah. or their other robot. Oh, I'm talking about new customers. No, the existing ones were growing, right. oh, but yeah. the new ones, they were so busy. The contemplation of starting an adherence program. Oh yeah. I Scared mean, them. Yeah. That, slowed them down. Well, that, that makes take, more sense. As you know, that takes a commitment. Right. And mm-hmm. it takes a plan. You don't just plug in a device and the world gets better, right? Right. Yeah. Which, which may have been the early pitch 10 years ago. We've altered that one. <laughs> There's a lot more that goes into putting automation, and it requires a plan, especially with compliance. Independent pharmacies delivery game's always been strong. So yeah. uh, we saw some pick up where they yeah. moved more from a modus of they were maybe doing delivery that if somebody asked, you know, it wasn't something really yes. advertised. If you ask for debt, yeah. we'll do it. I drop it off on my way home, that kind of yeah. thing. But where they started advertising that, uh, we also saw a big move for people who didn't have drive-throughs to doing something. So yeah. we enabled a, a to curbside where the patient could text in and say, "I'm here," and yeah. uh, into the pharmacy system and, and a lot of stuff like that. So a lot of things have changed. Some of those things will stick. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, Mark, you hit it on the head. They're trying to push themselves outside their four walls now, or at least they especially were when all of this went into lockdown for sure. And they were all trying to find tools um, to do that. But yeah, we had a ton of people use our kind of texting pieces in Pioneer to, you know, all the way from what some people would call a toot and scoot to a, (laughs) to a traditional more like a curbside piece where they're texting, Hey, I'm installed one. Here's my car. My car's a black Honda or whatever. Um, So a a ton of that. Um, But now, right now, like Jeff said, it is COVID, COVID, COVID. How do I get through a thousand vaccines? How do I import a thousand different patients? Yeah. Yeah. They're seeing it. The good thing there, they're seeing tons of people they've never seen before. Yeah. I had a group the other day on the phone and I was like, uh, are you getting their email address? Right. They were like, right. we're, get, we're getting name and phone. I was like, we're going to market to these people after this is over, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. We're right, going to, we're going to create right. this amazing experience and maybe we'll sell them on and, and they're going to want to come see the pharmacy who better yeah. to, you need name and address and, and email and permission yeah. that your form needs to give you permission to market to them and text. And right. The, the chains yeah. are going to be marketing all over the place to people they haven't seen before. Uh, that's, you know, they're going to take advantage of that. So and this is like, uh, you know, uh, people always want to grow their business, but are they going to put the effort in to go get them? Well, they're walking, they're coming to you. Right. Right. Yeah. Which, this at, is a at, huge at, marketing. Right. At a time where you can offer a service, which is, which is wonderful. So maximize yeah. it, right. Take, take advantage of that because the big guys are. And some of that, all you got to do, we had Scott Pace on, all you got to do is tell the local paper or your local news person, I'm doing a COVID vaccine shot, you know, clinic or whatever. And boom, instant, yeah. Yeah. instant free publication and, and press. For a lot you, of people right? who don't, 
most people who don't use an independent pharmacy have never used an independent pharmacy. Once right. they get that, hey, this is a neat place and there are likable people in there, once they right. get in the doors, yeah. So hopefully vaccines are going to get them in the door, right? They're going to yeah, get them like in there. It's like finding that go, cool restaurant at yeah. the back of a strip mall. Like, oh, my God, I'll, this is, I, I never knew this was here. How did I miss this all my life? <laughs> right. That's right. I've, That's I've been right. going to Little Italy, and I, now I got all this. I I got, hey, the, the owner came out and talked to me? What? Yeah. What? what a concept, right? I have my own personal chef. I'm like yeah. rocking and roll. <laughs> well, Parada Mark... I, it's funny. I think about you know we've been Mark. we've been doing, I know you, you just call him Mark. I think we're okay. And now you are Pioneer Mark. Pioneer Mark. I'm gonna be. So it, really, I I thought Parada was a long a long, lot longer than that. You know, Pioneer's been doing this about twelve years. You've been there about fourteen years. We it, it kind of feel like we've grown up together, right? I know. I know. I felt like we were startups those first couple of shows. Like, how are you doing? How are you doing? Right, we're growing. We're growing. We're growing. Get in the way. Well, well. Um, just wanted to say thank you for joining us today, and uh, thank you for the relationship we've had over the years. I think we've had a, a good relationship. It's been a pleasure. It's been fun to watch you guys innovating and really kind of changing it. And with that, I, uh, we were getting talking to your technical team yesterday, setting up this the, this video production thing, which was great, by the way, very simple. Um, I told them that my independent pharmacy that I use, they switched over to Pioneer maybe three years ago. It's Triangle Pharmacy in Durham, North Carolina. Oh, yeah. It's nice. actually located okay. in an Ace Hardware store. Yeah. Yep. Amazing family business. And um, at the time, I, I had several prescriptions. I was having some back pain, and they took just unbelievable care of me. Um, when they switched to Pioneer, uh, in my experience in this industry, folks tolerate their pharmacy management system. <laughs> they love it. I'm yeah. like, you like, oh, this is great. I mean, like smiling. Most people, they deal with it. They love Pioneer. I'm like, okay. I'm like, do you guys work with them? Of course we do. All right, great. They're just, they have always loved their system. That's and nice. just, even though it takes me an extra four miles to go visit them, it's just an amazing experience. I'll, yep. I'll never, no one's ever get my business with those people and they do a great job. So thanks for taking care of them. They're nice. great customers. Wow. Nice. Well, we look forward to the next 12 years. So You got it. Looking forward to it. And I'll, I'll, Looking uh, forward to seeing up. you at and we NCPA to come see in you. October. I know it. At a minimum, we, we ought to come early or something to NCPA at Charlotte and swing by Raleigh. We, I mean, have you been to the new facility, the new state-of-the-art headquarters? Uh, we went to the facility when y'all were switching to have when the— When y'all just put oh, us in the vision center. In the vision center. Yeah. Yeah, that was the old— build, Yeah, and you were in the middle of a move, and just imagine your house in the middle of a move. That's not yeah. what you want to show. No, we, um, I, I've we got a good idea what that, that looks a, like now. Uh, we're kind yeah. of doing that. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah. They yeah. just redid the wood floors in their house. Yeah. So. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's, um, you, you keep your fingers crossed and like, it's going to look good eventually. And then when it does, <laughs> you can't believe you didn't have it before. So we'd nice. love to host you. And I think NCAA yep. would be a great time. Come no, see us. Yeah. We'd love to, love to visit. So. All right. Thanks again. Y'all take care. All right. Thank All you right. very much. Thanks for being on. Right, bye now. Thank you, Mark. Bye now. Thank you for listening to the Catalyst Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider liking, subscribing, and or following us. Give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts to help us reach more amazing pharmacy people like you. Follow Pioneer Rx on your preferred social media platform for the latest up-to-date pharmacy news and content.